Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. Also, we'd like to thank those of you who watch online and share and, and help us to continue to uh, do, uh, do the web ministry. We had to go out and buy some new equipment because we had some that quit on us. And, uh, you know, thank God for being able to get it. Everybody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going um, to be continuing our series this morning on listening to God. And I want to talk about increasing our spiritual sensitivity. And I'm going to use a military, something, a military reverence um, to uh, start with here. And it made me think about... Uh, those of us who have been in the military because life in the military is not quite like being in a fraternity, but there's things that are a little bit about that. And uh, here's a story. I was in the latrine brushing my teeth when my squad leader barged in and he was, this sounds like Marines, could be Army. Squad leader barged in and he was holding a toothbrush which he proceeded to use to scrub the underneath of the rim of the toilet. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, hazing the new guy, he said with a grin. I said, you do know that he could get ill from the bacteria on the toilet. His quick reply was, you didn't. We were, this sounds like army, we were marching to chow, the chow hall when we spotted a pathetic looking recruit standing at attention by a mailbox with a whole book of stamps plastered to his forehead. And when our drill instructor demanded an explanation, the man bellowed, this recruit has proved himself to be worthless and weak and is being mailed home to his mother, drill sergeant. <laughs> that sounds like something we would. And for those of us who fly, we, whenever something goes wrong with the airplane, when we put it in the log for maintenance to look at, it's called squawk. We squawk it. And these are some uh, selected Air Force squawks. Here's the squawk. Evidence of hydraulic leak on main landing gear. The maintenance entry, evidence removed. <laughs> squawk. Target radar hums loudly. Maintenance entry, repro <laughs> reprogrammed target radar with lyrics. <laughs> squawk. Number three, engine missing. Maintenance entry, engine found on right wing after brief search. <laughs> Maintenance squawk, dead bugs on windshield. Or, or maintenance squawk. Maintenance entry, live bugs on order. <laughs> and then finally, here's the squawk. Left inside main tire almost needs replacement and maintenance wrote in, almost replaced left inside main tire. That is just so Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. When I was in the military, one of the things that we did was we listened to enemy signals. And some of them were distant, some of them were close. And on our receivers, I was using an ANGLR9. Now you know a whole lot more than you did a minute ago. It's a receiver. It has an IP scope on it and everything. It's really pretty. It was pretty cool. It's really low tech compared to today. 
but they had a knob on there. And you don't find this on your car radio. You won't find this on your clock radio. But you will find it on a shortwave radio or something like that. It says RF gain. And what that does when you crank it up, it tunes up, it turns up the sensitivity for, uh, of, the, of the radio so that distant signals become more, more you know, clear where you can hear them. You don't want to use it on something close by, turn it up too high because it'll distort. It'll saturate the, the intermediate frequency and cause you know, the thing to be all buzzy and everything. And I want to talk about doing, you know, turning up our, our gain. How many, of you, how many of you are ready to turn your spiritual gain up where you can hear? Carl's, Carl's uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it on the website, but Carl's thumbnail that he's using for this, listening to God, has these satellite dishes pointed at the sky. Well, I've used those when I was in the Army. I used those dishes. And they're, when, the, when the object was close, you would turn the gain down. When the object that was, was at some distance, or if there was interference, you would turn the gain up. We're going to talk about turning up the gain. I want to tell, I give you a, a passage of Scripture that will kind of set the plan for us. It's Exodus 24, chapter 24th chapter of the 12th verse. This is from the ESV. Yahweh said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait. Everybody say wait. How many of you that's your favorite thing to do? Wait. I mean, you love waiting so much that you're driving up and down 7 Highway or Nolling Road and you're wanting something to eat from a fast food place and you look for the place that has the longest line through the drive-thru. Let me, save you, let me save you all that work. Just go to Chick-fil-A. Anyway, because their lines are always long. He says, come up here on, to, to me on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which I've written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, now wait here for us. That word wait just keeps showing up. Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and her are here with you. Whatever, you know, whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of Yahweh dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it for six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. So in other words... Moses waited six days in the presence of the cloud without going in. Waiting for Yahweh to call him in. Six days. That's nearly a week. And Moses didn't probably, you know, I want you to think about this, probably didn't even have his hand terminal. He couldn't Google, you know, and he couldn't watch YouTube videos and all this kind of thing. Well, got a message from Kevin Webster on my phone. Now, the appearance of the glory of Yahweh was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain. How long? 40 days and 40 nights. That becomes significant here. Please read the language carefully. It speaks of the cloud. It speaks of its appearance. Moses went to the mountain and waited. And on the seventh day, 
God called him in. How many of us today would wait on God seven days, a whole week or nearly a week? You know, because we're so busy. We've got so much to do. We've got Google calendars and day timers and things like, you know, and appointment books and stuff like that. It was, somebody might say, but well, yeah, but Moses wasn't as busy as we are. He didn't have a hand terminal. He was judging the entire nation. And he was married. Need we say anything else there? All right. And so we live in a day when neither our bodies nor our minds are really given an opportunity or rarely given an opportunity to sit still. Hurry, 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 rush, 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 get her done. Right? And even, and as a result, we're just so, uh, uh, just so used to this constant activity that even when we don't have something to do, then we entertain ourselves. Because we have to have something to be, you, you know, we, we need, you know what I'm saying. And such, being such, so busy, can distract us from spiritual things. It can cloud our minds. It can deafen us, spiritually speaking. Carl Jung, the famous psychiatrist, said, Hurry is not of the devil. Hurry is the devil. And in Exodus 32, when the people, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain. Now this is the corollary. This is the follow-up to what I just read you in, in Exodus 24. They're still down there waiting. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, uh, Up, get up. Make us gods who shall go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't even know what's become of him. Impatience took them straight into idolatry. They couldn't wait 40 days. They could not wait. They will get another opportunity and they will pass that test. But what I'm telling you is this. Impatience will always take us into disobedience. Let me say that again. Impatience will always take us into disobedience. And we are trained to be impatient. Everybody still with me here? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Paul says to the the, the believers in Rome, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, you may discover, you may demonstrate what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What is he saying when he says, uh, do not be squeezed into the world's mold. Don't let the world shape your mind and shape your thinking. Thinking. Make no mistake about it. Continuous exposure to all of these things will change us if we are not very vigilant about that to which we expose ourselves and we do not just one of the thing one of the definitions of entertainment is to be thoughtless. We must not be thoughtless. Amen. Amen. And the the extremes of you know, we are living in a day. When that which used to just be, you know, culture used to just give us a little nudge in the wrong direction. Now there is overt pressure. The extremes of the political and social right and left are intolerant 
of those or of ideas which do not completely conform to theirs. In fact, the word translated conform here is the Greek word from which we get our word schematic. You know what a schematic is? It's a diagram of the scheme of whatever the device is. And layer after layer, day after day, what happens is we've got the government, We've got big tech, we've got big pharma, we've got big food, we got all these people all in concert saying the same things, much of which is completely un- unreliable. And they want to scare us. And they want to pummel us into submission. They want us to, you know, just... I saw a funny thing the other day. Mark chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Jesus, this is from the parable of the sower and the soils. And this was, he said, And others, though are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word. But the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it becomes unfruitful. One of the, I love reading Proverbs. I I do. In fact, when we were in uh, Texas week before last, uh, Andrew Womack was was our our guest speaker. And I I don't know, in that first message on Tuesday night, I'll bet he quoted Proverbs 10 or 11 times. Obviously, he loves them too. And every time he said one, yep, I know that one, yep, I know that one, yep, I know that one. Because I read Proverbs, today's the 7th, I read Proverbs 7 today. I read, and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs and 31 days in the longest month. And so it makes it real convenient to keep track of where you're reading. All right. And in Proverbs 1, when Solomon starts off talking about why we should apply ourselves to wisdom and how to do so. He talks about wisdom. Now, if you've read the Proverbs and you've noticed that wisdom is always a she, it's not because that it's the personification of wisdom is necessarily feminine. It's because the Hebrew word for wisdom is chachma, is feminine. And therefore, whenever it uses the pronoun, it'll say she. Just like it would if you were in Spanish or it were in German or one a, a language that uses feminine and masculine uh, nouns. All right. So in Proverbs one, it she talks about I stand at the head, verse twenty one of the noisy streets. She stands at the head of the noisy streets and cries out. God is crying out over the noise of the world. God is crying out, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Even though I'm a believer, my spiritual hearing can be greatly impaired if I am too much in the world. Have you ever been, have you ever had, um, back to the army. Um, I was, when we were on our, my very first FTX, I'll pull out a word you probably... You probably haven't heard in a while. They don't use it anymore. Bivouac. And we were on our first field training exercise. 
And it was in Fort Lost in the Woods, Missouri, down by Lebanon. And uh, beautiful downtown Waynesville was right at the rear or, no, it's the front gate. And we were out in the woods. It's January. And when we set up our shelter half and did all that kind of stuff, it was cold and cloudy, but we didn't think anything of it. In the middle of the night, I heard the wind blow and I heard something go on top of my, on top of our tent. I went, oh no. And sure enough, the next morning, I woke up just before the drill instructors hit the camp to wake us up. And I grabbed a hold of the two, you know, it's, they call it a pup tent, but it's two shelter halves put together. And I went like this to open it up just to have all the snow come in. And I'm like, oh man. And about that time, about four or five meters away from me, I heard something go, and then boom, it was a grenade simulator. That's the way the drill instructors decided to wake us up that day. And they are really loud. You can hear them go off a couple of miles away. And I went, what's that noise? I never heard one before. And I went, what's that noise? And I looked over where the noise was coming from. And so there was this bright flash amplified by all the snow. And then that really loud noise. I was deaf and blind. Instantly. Those of us who've been exposed to a really loud noise know what it's like to walk away from it. And you can tell you're not hearing as well. It's called temporary threshold loss. And sometimes, oh, that's another thing. It, whenever that grenade simulator went off, all I could hear was, I mean, my ears were ringing. I was, when we were on the combat course with our M16s, you go down the combat course, come to port arms, bang, bang, when, the, when, the, when it comes up, bang, bang, when another target comes up and you're bang, bang, and you're going through there like that. Well, I was doping off, wasn't paying attention. And then somebody goes, they're calling you. It was my turn to go. And I was over like this. And so I run up there. I did not have time to put my earplugs in. And so I'm going through that combat course, getting the full blessing of the ARs or the M16's uh, uh, report, and I'm not kidding. I've never heard had this happen before thank, or, or since, thank God. And that is, with every shot, the ringing in my ears changed pitch. Bang, 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 and I'm like, this is bizarre. And when I got to the end of it, I, one time, Kathy, when, 10 years ago this year, Kathy and I went to Sturgis, and I drugged my... Uh, you know, motorcycle and a trailer up there. And we pulled off of Interstate 90, I guess it was, or was it 80? 80. Was it 80 or 90? 90. We pulled off the interstate to get gas. And this was in, you know, like South Kadota or something. And, and so there wasn't anything out there. And, and the, inter, the, the gas station was actually a couple of miles off the interstate. And so I'm standing there putting gas in the like this, and here come these guys on Harleys rumbling up, and none of them had helmets on, so they're they're getting the full benefit of the pipes, which are loud, and the wind. You don't realize how loud wind can be, and they've been riding for I don't know how long they've been riding. This guy walks up to me and says, "Can you tell me where the interstate is?" 
And I said, I realized immediately what the problem was. I went, yeah, it's down there about two miles. You can't miss it. Thank you. I said, by the time that guy gets to Sturgis, he's going to be completely deaf. <laughs> when our hearing, spiritual hearing is like that, when something big has happened, and it's like we're not, you know, and all we can hear is, that is not a time to make spiritual decisions. Unless you are specifically doing the word. We are never, ever, ever, ever under any circumstances to be led by emotions, positive or negative. They can be stirred up by negative interactions. They can be stirred up by fears that uh, something we saw on TV, something we saw on YouTube, something, you know, whatever, uh, you know, music. And so many believers are moved by feelings. And as we're not to stumble through life making marginal or bad decisions. We are to walk with Jesus who leads us in his triumph, Paul says. Now in Luke chapter 10, are you getting anything out of this? You're awful quiet today. Luke chapter 10, begin reading with verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was, next word, everybody say it with me, distracted with all her preparations. These are legitimate things she's doing. She's invited him in. She wants to be a good hostess. Get all the sandwiches ready. Right? And so she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered by so many things. But only one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the what part? The good part. The worries of this world. She was preparing a large and most likely elaborate meal. She probably felt overwhelmed. And let me retranslate from the Greek that word uh, bothered. It is the word tizzy. She was in a tizzy. Does everybody understand what a tizzy is? Well, she was in a serious tizzy. And that tizzy led her into a snit. And she got in a snit. Aren't you, aren't, you, you know, aren't you glad you, you live in a place where we use very erudite and sophisticated terms? And so, so she threw her little snit there. And Jesus told her to calm down and keep everything simple. And he said, your sister has chosen the good part. Well, where was Mary? She was sitting at Jesus' feet. Now, I want you to see this scene in your head. Jesus is sitting there. Martha walks up and starts complaining about it. Her sister, who's seated right there. It wasn't like she said, Lord, could I have a word, you know, and step out so she could complain about herself. No, she's doing it in front of everybody. That's why I said it's a snit. She's like, and she's undoubtedly pointing right at Mary, you know, who's just sitting there going, what? <laughs> and Jesus says, she's chosen the good part. If we're going to hear the Lord's voice. We've got to take time. We've got to make time to sit at his feet. Even when, like Moses, we might be waiting a while. 
I was reading in my uh, current uh, historical book reading is, uh, or prophets reading is Jeremiah. And I was reading about how Yohanan ben Korea and the commanders of the people who were left after the king of Babylon had taken everybody from Jerusalem and burned the city and just left some of the poorest. And uh, they said, seek Yahweh for us and find out what his word is to us. And it took 10 days. Jeremiah sought the Lord for 10 days before he got the word, which was instantly rejected, however, you know, just like that. And so, you know, and I know how he feels. I'm sure you do, too. You work really hard. You hear from God. And then people just go, nah. It's kind of like having him turn down your cooking. Jesus called hearing the word, the good part. Psalm 23. You've... Uh, you're familiar with that. This is the way it works. Notice the progression. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. First thing he does. First thing is an appellation to God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Then the first thing he says God does is he makes us lie down. Okay, we can say sit down. In other words, sit down in green pastures. Well, that means there's still plenty to eat, but he wants us to stop. He wants us to sit down. He wants us to cease all the... How many of you follow what I'm saying? Sometimes you need to take a nap. I used to have a professor say the mo most spiritual thing a tired believer can do is rest. I found that very profound. I saw a lady over here several years ago over at Costco who was wearing a t-shirt that said, Dear Naps, sorry I hated you as a child. <laughs> God, you remember that when we were kids? You know, it's time to take a nap. No, I don't want to take a nap. And so we just, we just go on to prove that's what we need. Fussy, crabby, complaining, you know, basically proving we need a nap. I can tell you that Liam sometimes will drop right off other times he needs encouragement. And if I go lie down with him, because if he'll be still, he'll go asleep. But if he isn't still, he'll sit up there and thrash around in the bed and play and sing to himself. He cracks himself up. I mean, you can listen to him on the monitor. Like this, and he's like, I don't know what the joke is, but it must be good because he's laughing at it. And so finally, it's like, we need him to sleep because he's going to be up later tonight. And so I would go up and he's going, no, go away. I don't want you here. Why? Because you're going to make me be still. And, it's so, and so I figured out this. I said, you have to take a nap. And he goes, huh? And I said, it doesn't have to be a long one. You can only sleep for one minute, but you do have to sleep. <laughs> well, anyway, and he'll go, okay, just a really short one. Yes, sir, just a really short one. You, can, if you, don't, you, you only have to sleep for one minute. But I'm not waking you up. <laughs> he says, he makes me to lie down. I love the way that's put. And it's, and he maketh, maketh. There's one 
when Jesus and the disciples, I don't remember which incident it was, but they were getting ready to sail into a storm. And it says he make he made the disciples get into the boat. They didn't want to go. They were fishermen. They lived on that lake. They could tell by the signs, meteorologically speaking, that this probably was not a good night to be crossing. And he made them, he compelled them, it says in the Greek, compelled them to get in the boat. So he makes us to lie down. You know, a lot of people say, oh God, I need you to show me. Oh God, I need you to show me. Oh God, I need you to show me. Oh Lord, I really need you. Oh, I believe I've received. I believe I've received. I believe that. Oh God, you are like this. And the word from heaven is, shut up. And he wouldn't. Well, maybe he would. <laughs> Be quiet. Hush. Just try being still. When you're used to going, it's an effort. It's worth it. But he makes me lie down in green pastures. Next, he leads me beside quiet waters. Literally in the Hebrew, it says waters of rest. Still water that's not rushing and flowing rapidly. This is the opportunity for us, and I made reference to it a few minutes ago, that when, how many of you have ever had something happen to you that just left your head spinning? And you, you know, your brain is a snow globe, and everything's just flying around in there. Believe me, I know that. And we need a place alone, a place of solitude, whether it's your basement or your closet or an upstairs bedroom or wherever it is, where none of the blasting noise of the world become, uh, comes intruding in. And we need to enforce that. How long can we go without checking the hand terminal? Say, well, we say, well, that's a cell phone. It's a hand terminal. That's what I spend most of my time with this phone, not talking on it, but looking stuff up. And you know what I'm saying? Google, uh, duck, duck, go, you know, dog pile, whatever it is, or going to websites, it's a hand terminal. And I'm telling you, you know, I watch Bub. First thing he said this morning when he got up, can I play some games? He's got this Star Wars game on the iPad that he loves to play. And his Nana said, and he said that to me, and I said, uh, no. Well, why did you tell the boy no? Because I want to live. And I know what Nana's going to say. And if she, Nana comes in and sees him playing, he's going to say, Papa said I could. And Jason would be up here preaching because I would be in the hospital. <laughs> so it says, he makes me to lie down, a position of rest and reclining. He leads me beside quiet waters. Look at the next one. He restores my soul. There's the mind renewal. Because the soul is right here. Your spirit. Jesus said. Out of our innermost being. Shall flow rivers of living water. Our spirit is our innermost being. And the word koilia. In the, in the Greek. Means intestines. Almost like all coiled up. And out of that flow. That place flows. The rivers of living water. Our soul, however, is up here between our ears. Our, that's where we think, feel, and choose. A trained soul will follow 
the spirits lead. An untrained soul will either do its own thing or run after the flesh. Because the flesh has a very loud voice. Does anybody in here have flesh that can shout like mine? My flesh can shout. And I can tell it to shut up, 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 shut up. And it is a battle sometimes. If you stay with it, you'll win. But you got to stay with it. And that's the part of, I mean, you'll be sitting there just either reading the word or meditating and praying, you know. And you'll just be amazed at all of the things that will come to you to get up and go do right now. Get out there and get that lawn mowed. I don't even enjoy mowing the lawn. Go sweep the garage. There's a piece of chicken left over. There's a rib in the refrigerator left over from the men's fellowship. Some of Jeff's chocolate cake is playing that siren song, Come and Eat Me. I'm telling you, you know, you're... If, Take, if you take a, you know, a, I'll, I'll take my daytimer. I've, I'm old school. I've got pastors that razz me about that. I do use a Google calendar on my phone, but I also put things in my daytimer. I write them down because I've never had a pencil. I've never had, with the pencil, I've never had the batteries go flat. And so the, uh, and I've, and so what I'll do is while I'm praying, I'm thinking, I'll write it down. I'll write it down. I'll write it down. And it's, that's important. I want to do that. Four or five hours later, I look at that list and some of those things were important. And some of them don't seem to be as important as they did. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Because everything, your flesh does not want to sit still. He renews my mind. And what happens is. That as I sit in that quiet, the ringing in my spiritual ears gets quieter and quieter and hopefully disappears entirely. Then, what's next? He guides me. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Lie down next to the waters of rest. Let me restore your soul. Then I'm going to guide you. It's really pretty simple, isn't it? So is jogging to St. Louis. It's simple. It just isn't necessarily easy. He'll lead me in the tracks. You know where it says uh, the paths? Literally it says the tracks. Remember when we were kids? We'd... When we were snow and we were little and our dad or a, an older sibling would be in front of us walking through the snow and we'd be putting our feet, you know, in the, in, the, in the tracks of the one in front of us. I'll wrap this. We'll bring this in for a landing. Um, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the YouTube shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall watch it day and night. There's something on YouTube that will interest anybody. Because there's something out there for everybody. There's erudite stuff and there's stupid stuff. If you want to watch people driving like idiots, there's plenty of, you know, 
videos of that. If you want people acting like idiots, there's plenty of videos about that. I mean, you, you name it, you name it. YouTube is a great place to go look up repair videos. How do I do this? And, and so it's, it's, it's got great utility, but there is a snare, potential snare there as well. I mean, you're with me. And for those of you watching us on YouTube, And so he says, this book of the law, in other words, the scripture, shall not depart from your mouth. Notice it doesn't say depart from your eyes. It follows that the eyes are resting upon it, but from the mouth. In other words, we are speaking. And in fact, you shall meditate on it. The word, the Hebrew word for meditate means to mutter under your breath. And so what, what is our, you know, it is well, it is well. It is well. It is well. Recently, I had a situation that just had my head going like a YouTube. I mean, a snow globe, not a YouTube, slow globe, snow globe. And I was trying to go to sleep. It was late at night, and I'm trying to go to sleep. And I'm lying there, and my brain is going 300 miles an hour, trying to figure out what to do about this, or recoiling from this and trying to plan some sort of a strategy. And I knew I wasn't getting anywhere. All I was doing was lying there with, with my mind going, you know. And so what did I do? I started, in my mind, I started going, I started speaking. I wasn't actually doing it with my lips. I was scripture over and over. Sometimes I would begin to think about the, the, uh, the, the lyrics to some of the songs and I'm singing it in my head. In my, in my mind, I'm singing that song and drift right off to sleep. I'm telling you, it will. The word of God will calm you down. Meditate on it day and night. That you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So it's you got to know it, but you got to do it. For then you will make your way. Pro Who will? You will make your way prosperous and you will have Success. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. God's spirit wants to reveal things to us. We know the things freely given by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. When you read the scriptures, Paul says the words that we are reading are spiritual words. They have power. Second Peter chapter one, verses two and three. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. How? In or through the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, seeing that his divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. The true knowledge there is the word epignosis, which does not mean just to know something. It means to know it intimately. In other words, it might be like, well, you know, I know, uh, uh, I mentioned that Andrew Womack, I, I got to, you know, to meet him, Phil introduced us. And so I could say now, well, I know Andrew Womack. Well, not like I know Carl or Jeff or 
Randy or Arnie or Troy. I could name all the other gentlemen here and don't take offense if I don't do roll call. Because you all I know well. You all I know up close and personal. That is the word. That's the exact meaning of that word. In other words, I have allowed myself to lie down by the waters of rest and let him renew my mind with the word. You know, we talk about repentance. What is repentance? Repentance means to change your mind. Change it to what? Believe differently, right? Well, what am I supposed to believe? If I don't know the word, I don't know what to, I don't know what to believe. I don't know how to, you know, that, that, you know, when he says, transform yourself, back in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, be ye transformed. You've heard me say this before, metamorpho there, that's in the middle passive, and you can translate it in the middle. Transform yourselves in your own interest by the renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind. Where, okay, think about the spiritual armor, it's, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, right? It's the sandals, you know, the, the gospel of peace. What goes on your head? The helmet of what? Salvation. I love the Greek word for helmet, perikephale, the around the head thing. That's what, literally what I mean, the around the head thing. Get saved. In fact, James even says it in 1 and 21. Receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. It's not salvation. He's not saying that's able to make you born again, but is able to change your thinking to where you are not. You are like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. You're focused on the good part. You're not like Martha going all running around and missing God. Nibbling at the edges and missing the best part. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, if our musicians would come. Again, it's not just enough to hear it. We're talking about listening to God. We have to sit at his feet. And that when, I, when I get in a weight situation, W-E-I-G-H-T, weight situation, a weighty situation, and I want to slim down a little, and I've slimmed down some, but I want to slim down more. A lot of times, what I will do for lunch is I'll take four hard-boiled eggs and I'll smash them all up, put a little uh, um, uh, mayonnaise on them. My uh, daughter says I need to put some avocado in there. She said, oh, so good. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll eat that because it's very low carb, very low calorie, and all that. And then I'll put the bowl aside. Well, you know what happens to a bowl with egg, you know, egg yolks and stuff in it that sits there for maybe an hour? It doesn't stink. I mean, that might happen eventually. But all of that food has turned into Elmer's glue. And so you're, if, if you're going to clean that up, and I will clean it up, if you're going to clean it up, what is the first thing you're going to do? Soak it. Put it, you know, put a little soap in there, fill it up, and let it soak for just, it didn't take long, just a little bit, so that that water breaks that, gets in there and breaks that stuff loose. Have you ever thought about 
Here we are, lying down in the green grass, or beside the waters of rest. We're soaking. Taking time to soak in the presence of God. It's like when we have instrumental interludes, when we're worshiping, sometimes it's very quiet. And you know, you can, one of the things that uh, my wife is furiously writing down notes, so I guess she'll be telling me, she'll be correcting me after the service. The, uh, (laughs) it's just unusual for me to look down and see her writing. Um, you know, we, what was I talking about before I looked down and got soaking? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The instrumental. And so, uh, I remembered that. I just want to see if you did. Uh, um, but we are so accustomed and I was talking out in Kevin's church about this while I was out there that I remember, and Chris can, 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 can confirm this. That there was a day, not that many years ago, when we wouldn't do instrumentals because I felt like we had to be singing or people were disengaged. If they're not singing, they're not engaged. So let's keep singing. You know, don't take time. Don't do too long an intro. Don't do too long an outro. What what was the proper term for? Outro. Outro. Ending. Whatever. You know, just pow, 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 pow. That's commercial radio. That's commercial television. Just think about it. You're driving down the road, you're listening to the radio, and if it goes, if it stops playing, if it goes blank, what's the first thing you do? You look at it. Like that's going to do any good. And if it doesn't come back on within 10 or 15 seconds, what do you do? You change the station. You know? Why? Well, because silence is deafening. And so we'll, 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 we'll slow down, we'll have an interlude we'll, or a, a, an instrumental time, and it's a time for us to focus and soak. We're accustomed to doing it for maybe 60 to 90 seconds, but what if the Lord wanted us to do it for 10 minutes? I'm pretty sure the fidget factor would begin to, you know, would, would get involved there somewhere. And I'm talking about myself. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about myself as well. But we've got to train ourselves or allow the Holy Spirit to train us to what? Psalm 46.10. Be still. Be still. In Acts chapter 3, and I just threw Susan off because I skipped over a couple. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, Peter says, repent. Now we know we can repent. Why? Because we know what to believe when we change our minds. So that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of what? Refreshing. Anexupsis. Refreshing. Even the word can even be translated relief. Come from the presence of the Lord. Proverbs 25, 13. I love this. This is Solomon's illustration. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who sent him. For he refreshes the soul of his masters. I, you know, I used to work out. I've had an ellipt- elliptical and I'd work out and have the fan blowing on me. I've turned the fan off lately because I somehow when I actually don't have that blowing on me and, I'm, and I start to get warm and sweat, I actually do a better job. I don't get as tired for some reason. I don't understand 
the physiology of that or if it's weird or whatever. But I can tell you this, whether I'm coming in from outside after having worked this time of year in the, in the, um, in the, the, you know, in the uh, flower bed or out on the driveway or whatever, or working out and I go get in the shower and I turn on the cold water. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's refreshing. I say amen. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. John 6 and 63, Jesus said this, it is the spirit that gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. He didn't say they have spirit. He said they are spirit. He didn't say they have life. He said they are life. So when I am reading, when I am meditating on the scripture, I am communing, I am fellowshipping with God around his word and it's giving him an opportunity to flow and to minister to me as I minister to him in praise and worship or just in meditation on the word. Back to Psalm 46:10. Be still. Everybody say be still. You ever tell your kids that? Would you be still? Be still and know. Well, you're going to have to be still if you're going to know that I am God. Then he says, I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. I have this under control. It's going exactly where I want it to go. Don't get your eyes on the mountain that's in front of you right now. Don't get your eyes on the challenge that's coming at you right now. Don't get your, because the enemy's going to stand there and he's going to roar like a lion. He's going to do all of these things and try to get you focused on that and get your eyes off of me. Don't go there. Watch me. Keep your eyes on me. Be still. For six, six days. Amen. Our Father, we bless you that we are soakers and that, Lord, your will, your goodness, your word, your spirit, your life, we yield to those as the controlling factors. Jesus, sit in the throne on the throne of our lives we abdicate and give you full reign and Lord let us walk in that discipline each and every day so that our ears spiritual ears are clear and that we hear that still small voice so many times, Father, you're speaking to us and we don't hear it because we've been deafened by all the stuff going on and the noise between our ears. And if we'll just calm down, if we'll just sit down, if we'll just take the time, we'll hear you. We'll hear you. Because you're faithful. Those of you watching by internet, if you don't know Jesus of Nazareth as your Lord and your Savior, I want to encourage you not to put that decision off even for another day. But to cry out to God and just say with, confess with your, believe in your heart and confess with your lips. Just say, Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe you've raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, 
come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And you will move from, be transferred from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. And as I so often say, it does not matter what you've done. It does not matter where you've been and how horrible and wicked your past may be. God will not reject it. That Gadarene demoniac came running up to Jesus. He had a legion, thousands of demons in him. And yet they could not keep him from running to the master. And then when people came from the city, they saw him clothed and at his right mind. And where was he? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Believer, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. For that pleases him. And take the time this week. If you're not doing it already, set aside time every single day to be quiet. Take your pad and paper in there with you, but maybe you shouldn't take the phone. The world will, will make it without you for 30 minutes or so. Or an hour. And spend that time with God. And let Him do inside of you what needs to be done. Amen. And amen. Let's we hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.